0: Hello and welcome to The Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and you're listening to Episode 77 of The Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, an attraction that's located over at Disney California Adventure Park in the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. The Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout attraction is relatively new, opening in May of 2017, but it is also an evolution of Tower of Terror, which has been a part of the same park since 2004. So in this episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the history of Tower of Terror over at Disney California Adventure, and I'll share some more information, fun facts, trivia, and a binaural audio recording of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. At the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer Podcast on all your favorite social media channels, and how you can help to inspire and create the future of the show. So, grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer Podcast. On February 8, 2001, Disney California Adventure Park opened at the Disneyland Resort in California. Despite the early projections that the park would be filled with crowds, California Adventure did not meet early guest expectations, resulting in poor reviews and low park attendance. In fact, the park only received 5 million guests in 2001, compared to Disneyland's 12.3 million guests over the same time period. A shockingly low number considering the majority of guests were locals who were ready to experience new Disney attractions. The number plummeted further in 2002 to 4.7 million visitors, although much of that had to do with the 9-11 terrorist attacks that occurred in September 2001. Michael Eisner and the team at Walt Disney Imagineering knew that the park needed another way to draw in visitors. The park had a small handful of e-ticket attractions, including California Screamin', Grizzly River Rapids, and Soarin', which was perhaps the most awe-inspiring and innovative attraction of them all, one will certainly discuss in a future Imagineer podcast episode. Still, the park needed more, but low park attendance and, as a result, lowered ticket prices reduced the park's already small budget. The Imagineers needed to be creative and find a way to draw in visitors without breaking the bank. To solve the problem, they turned to an attraction that had opened at Disney MGM Studios less than a decade earlier, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror was wildly successful at Walt Disney World, and the Imagineers felt it would make the perfect fit at Disney California Adventure, especially since the setting of the ride, Hollywood 1939, overlapped perfectly with the theme of the new park. Better yet, the Imagineers had already conceived of a new version of the ride for the Walt Disney Studios Park at Disneyland Paris that had been placed on hold due to financial troubles occurring at that park as well. The Tower of Terror solution would save on design costs while creating a ride that would be sure to draw in crowds, especially since the ride would tower over the park and be visible for miles, creating its own form of self-promotion to the local audience. As a precursor to this next part of the episode, I recommend going back and listening to episode 45 of Imagineer podcast, which explains the engineering and backstory behind the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror in Florida. We're now going to continue our Tower of Terror story beyond that original version, and then discuss the ride's transformation to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Unlike the original Florida version of Tower of Terror, The Walt Disney Imagineers made some modifications for Paris and thus for California. Perhaps most important was the altered ride system, which we'll talk about in a little bit. First, let's begin with the story. In general, the story of the Tower of Terror at Disney California Adventure was identical to the one created for Disney MGM Studios. Again, I cover this storyline in detail in episode 45. Revealing intricate details in the queue, but I'll give you the abridged version here in the 1930s Hollywood was in the midst of its golden age and the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in itself a place where celebrities would go to See and to be seen on October 31st 1939 four hotel guests and one bellhop were making their way from the lobby up to the tip-top club on the 13th floor the highest floor of the hotel unfortunately An unexpected and unusual storm was making its way through Hollywood, and on their journey up, lightning suddenly struck the tower, sending the victims plummeting out of control back down to the lobby of the hotel. While local authorities made an attempt to rescue the visitors, their bodies were never found. And to make things even more unusual, two wings of the hotel completely disappeared, making the elevator shaft totally visible from the front gates. Spooked by the incident, the owner of the hotel asked all guests to vacate the premises, and many left their belongings behind, thinking they would perhaps return at a later time. Unfortunately, the owner never reopened the hotel again, and the Hollywood Tower Hotel became a dark shadow in a forgotten corner of Tinseltown. Decades later, passersby began to hear music coming from the hotel and found the gates mysteriously open, letting visitors inside. It is there that your journey begins. As you make your way through the hotel's courtyard and into the lobby you begin to hear the echoing sounds of the band playing at the tip-top club done so in such a way that it's meant to feel like you're hearing them playing from a bygone era or perhaps even another dimension altogether inside the lobby cobwebs and dust cover the walls and the furniture even some of the luggage left behind from 1939. if you choose to trust the friendly but unnerving bellhops who almost seem like ghosts themselves, you pass into the library to await your room. Once the doors close behind you, lightning strikes nearby, turning off the lights and turning on the TV, which turns to the opening sequence of an episode of The Twilight Zone. In the sequence, Rod Serling talks about the mysterious incident that happened in 1939, and tells viewers that tonight's story of The Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction turning to a maintenance service elevator still in operation, waiting for you. As the lightning outside begins to sync up with the lightning from the show, Rod Serling says that in tonight's episode, you are the star, and this elevator travels directly to the Twilight Zone, at which point lightning strikes yet again, turning off the TV and turning back on the lights. At that point, you'll realize that a hidden door has opened, leading you into the boiler room. The boiler room itself doesn't seem like it's been updated at all since 1939 as the lights flicker and the large boiler struggles to operate at full power. One of my favorite boiler room details that doesn't exist in Florida is a radio hidden in the boiler room. The radio is powered on and turned in such a way that you mostly just hear white noise, although you occasionally hear some of the sounds from the swing band playing at the tip top club. If you listen carefully every once in a while, you'll hear A Lost Little Girl Asking for Help, a nod to Season 3, Episode 26 of the Twilight Zone Anthology, an episode called Little Girl Lost, in which a little girl's parents wake up to find that their daughter is not in her room, but can still be heard crying for help, as if she's somehow trapped in the walls, or more accurately, in the Twilight Zone. In addition to being a fun easter egg, it was one of the spookiest parts of the entire experience, one that always gave me chills. To fully immerse you in that effect, allow me to play a brief sequence from that loop. Once you board your maintenance service elevator, you're then brought up to your floor. Once the doors open, you find a large mirror just across the hallway. As you gaze at yourself and your fellow passengers in the mirror, Rod Serling tells you to wave goodbye to the real world. At which point lightning strikes the entire hallway, turning all the passengers into ghosts in the mirror, and making the elevator car shake as it's about to lose control. The doors close just in time and you're brought down to another floor of the hotel, a long hallway with another set of elevator doors at the other end. Suddenly, the ghosts from the 1939 incident appear in the hallway and beckon you to come with them. Lightning seems to then electrify the ghosts as they disappear and the lights of the hallway begin to dim. The elevator doors at the opposite end of the hallway then open up, revealing that the ghosts are inside that elevator. The ghosts and the elevator at the other end then drop out of sight and, just a moment later, you do the same, as the elevator rises and falls in a random sequence that makes it feel like you've entered a nightmarish scene from the Twilight Zone. After about a minute of rising and falling at random, you then make it back to the hotel and disembark from the elevator with a friendly word of warning. The next time you check into a deserted hotel on the dark side of Hollywood, make sure you know just what kind of vacancy you're filling, or you may find yourself a permanent resident of the Twilight Zone. Let's now talk about the ride system itself, which was the most traumatic change. In Florida, four load areas converged into two elevator shafts, and then into two unload areas separate from where guests would board the ride. If one of the main elevator shafts had to close for maintenance, this meant the attraction would operate at only 50% capacity, dramatically reducing the hourly ride capacity. To solve the problem, the Imagineers created six separate load areas on two floors. The load areas were paired together according to their horizontal position in the building, one on top of the other. In other words, the central load areas on the first and second floor were paired together, as were the leftmost load areas and the rightmost load areas. This created three main elevator shafts instead of two, so the ride would operate at 66% capacity instead of 50% in the event that one of the shafts would need to close for maintenance. Logistically, each of the three elevator shafts contain two elevator cars, one for each load area, and the load areas are pushed forward of the elevator shaft behind a closed door. While one elevator in each shaft is taking guests through the ride experience, the other is unloading and then loading guests. And to enable riders to load and unload in the same location, two hallways, again one on top of the other, were added beyond the boiler room. This process is, I know, a bit difficult to conceptualize without visuals, so I'll do my best to describe the process by example. First, try to envision a grid consisting of three columns and two rows. We'll call the top left box elevator one, the top center box elevator two, the top right box elevator 3, and the bottom row of boxes elevators 4, 5, and 6 moving from left to right. Imagine you've just entered the boiler room and a cast member has you work your way up a set of stairs to the second floor. You then choose to board the central elevator, which we labeled elevator 2. Directly below you is the central load area on the first floor assigned to elevator 5. Once you're assigned a row, you stand in front of the foreboding elevator doors and wait to board your car. Behind those elevator doors is a hallway connecting elevators one, two, and three on the top floor. Directly across the hallway is another set of elevator doors and behind those doors is where you actually board the ride. As you're waiting to board, the elevator doors across the hallway open up and unload guests from the previous trip. Once they've all disembarked, the elevator doors in front of you open and you proceed into the elevator car. As you're finding your seat and getting buckled in, Elevator 5, which is the one that loads below you on the first floor, is already taking guests through the fifth dimension. In fact, while you're loading, you're still not officially in the main elevator shaft. Instead, you're in a separate corridor, pushed in front of the shaft behind a closed door. Still, as you're boarding, you might actually hear the screams of the riders in Elevator 5, since the only thing separating you from the main shaft is simply a door. Once Elevator 5 completes its sequence, it heads back down to the first floor and is pushed forward into its own corridor below you. The doors behind it close, and your elevator is now ready to proceed. Once the cast member begins the sequence, the doors behind you open and your car is pushed backwards into the main elevator shaft. The doors then close in front of you, and your journey up the elevator begins. At the end of the ride, the reverse happens. Your elevator heads back to the second floor, The doors to your corridor open, the elevator is pulled forward into the load area, the doors behind you close, and the doors in front of you open to let you off the attraction into that connecting hallway where you head down a set of stairs into the gift shop. This paired system allows for optimal ride capacity, but it also removed the opportunity for the famous 5th Dimension scene on the original version, in which the elevator heads up to the top level and is pushed forward through a dark ride sequence into the front elevator shafts. Still, locals welcome the new thrill ride at Disney California Adventure, and the addition of this version of Tower of Terror helped to improve the park's attendance with 5.6 million visiting in the park in 2004, and 5.8 million visiting in 2005. Before we continue our story with the transformation of Tower of Terror into Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, let's journey together back to Hollywood Land at Disney California Adventure to experience Tower of Terror. As with other attraction audio, you'll find that using headphones or earbuds will provide the most realistic 360 degree experience, but listening on speakers will also provide an enjoyable way to relive this attraction. Whichever option you choose, I hope you enjoy your journey to the fifth dimension.
1: Amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in its own right, a beacon for the show business elite. Now, something is about to happen that will change all that. an evening very much like the one we have just witnessed. Tonight's story on the Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is a maintenance service elevator, still in operation, waiting for you. We invite you, if you dare, to step aboard because in tonight's episode, you are the star. And this elevator travels directly to the Twilight Zone. You are the passengers in a most uncommon elevator, about to take the strangest journey of your lives. Your destination unknown, but this much is clear. A reservation has been made in your name for an extended stay. Wave goodbye to the real world. Just entered the Twilight Zone. What happened here to dim the lights of Hollywood's brightest showplace is about to unfold once again. One stormy night long ago, five people stepped through the door of an elevator and into a nightmare. That door is opening once again, but this time it's opening for you. Next time you check into a deserted hotel on the dark side of Hollywood, make sure you know just what kind of vacancy you're filling, or you may find yourself a permanent resident of the Twilight Zone.
0: In 2009, Disney officially acquired Marvel for $4 billion. At the time, Universal Studios had licensed an entire land in Orlando devoted to Marvel superheroes, so Disney had to abide by a stipulation that the characters from the comics featured in Universal's attractions could not be visible in any way in the Disney parks east of the Mississippi River, which even meant that promotional monorail artwork featuring those Marvel characters could only apply to monorails on the Magic Kingdom line since the Epcot monorail line physically moves through the park. The rules, however, did allow for Disney to create Marvel attractions and meet and greets west of the Mississippi River, and other locations around the world, which of course included the Disneyland Resort. In 2014, Disney and Marvel Entertainment then released the first Guardians of the Galaxy film, which despite being based on a relatively unknown Marvel comic, ended up surpassing seven of the previous nine Marvel films in the box office, excluding only The Avengers and Iron Man 3. The success of the franchise then led to the production of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which debuted in theaters in 2017. At the same time, Disney California Adventure Park was evolving beyond its original design. Bob Iger had invested over $1 billion to revive the park between 2007 and 2011, and the park was becoming more like a West Coast version of Disney's Hollywood Studios, with a number of movie-based attractions and lands coming to the park. Little did fans know that Iger and his team were setting the stage for a brand new land for the park, one that would capitalize on Disney's extensive Marvel investment. At San Diego Comic Con in 2016, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn, and the main cast of the film appeared on stage to discuss Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2. During the panel, Kevin Feige made a surprise announcement that Disney California Adventure would be repurposing Tower of Terror to a brand new attraction called Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, a ride that would open around the same time as the new film. Feige also announced that Joe Rody, the creative genius at Walt Disney Imagineering who led the design of Disney's Animal Kingdom and many other attractions, would be overseeing the development of this new attraction. One of the things I love about Joe Rody as an Imagineer, and Joe if you're listening by the way I'd love to have you on the show someday, is the level at which he approaches a project. When you listen to Joe speak, you can tell that he starts at the most primal level of design one that taps into literally millennia of documented psychology, archaeology, urban planning, and art. He uses that foundation to create immersive experiences that truly blur the lines of fantasy and reality. Attractions like Expedition Everest Legend of the Forbidden Mountain and Avatar Flight of Passage. Joe is an innovator in theme park design who approaches his projects at an academic, philosophical level with rigorous attention to detail, and he still has the business sense to understand how to balance guest experience with fiscal pragmatism and revenue generating success. In short, Joe is a brilliant leader and a gifted Imagineer, the perfect man to turn a beloved attraction into something new, and he and his team sure accomplished all of the above. If you watch the Imagineering story on Disney+, Plus, which I encourage you to by the way if you haven't, you'll learn how Joe began this challenging project. As always, he began at the primal level and thought about the visceral experience of Tower of Terror and how it can be transformed into something that would fit the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy. To paraphrase Joe's words, he realized that there was a thin line between fear and joy with a drop experience like Tower of Terror, one that could easily be crossed. The sensation of being pulled faster than the force of gravity creates a moment of fear, but Joe also recalled the experience of gently throwing a baby up in the air and catching it, creating a feeling that wouldn't make the child scream in fear but giggle with joy. Joe sought to recreate that feeling by transforming the sudden drop into a bouncier ride, one that also happened to serve the Guardians of the Galaxy's often silly characters, uplifting soundtrack, and sense of fun. Next, Joe and his team had to change up the story. They turned to the films for inspiration and landed on a plot that would align with the change in tone. The Guardians of the Galaxy have been captured by the Collector, Tanalir Tyvin, who is always looking for the rarest antiquities to safeguard in his fortress on Nowhere, especially if the right opportunity comes along to trade for something far more valuable. As welcome guests, you are invited to the Collector's Fortress to view his prized possessions aboard a gantry lift. Just like entering a hotel, guests would enter a lobby and then head into a small room, the Collector's private office, for an overview of your experience. Of course, Rocket the Raccoon has already escaped and overrides the pre-show to discuss his plan to rescue the other Guardians of the Galaxy, with your help of course. After explaining the plan, Rocket sneaks off as you head to your gantry lift. Once you board and clear the security clearance, Rocket sends the gantry lift up the generator room and blows up the generator, which opens the cages holding the guardians but also cuts off the power to the gantry lift, sending you and the entire system through a series of zany situations as the lift accelerates up and down the gantry system out of control. Rocket eventually regains control and we find that the Guardians of the Galaxy have indeed been rescued as we exit the gantry lift. The other challenge that the Imagineers faced with the attraction was how to quickly convey the setting and the story in a small physical space. Converting the lobby into an assorted collection of antiquities behind glass cases informs guests about the kind of person who owns the space, someone clearly wanting to show off his treasures to his VIPs and it also informs guests about their own clearance to move about the space. Meanwhile, the Collector's presentation on the screen in the lobby introduces the Guardians of the Galaxy, who many will probably recognize from the films but others might not, establishing a feeling of attachment to the captured heroes. Rocket's performance in the pre-show then establishes the story and the role you get to play, providing an emotional investment in the outcome of the mission. To maintain the attraction's authenticity, the actors from the film were recast for the attraction, with Chris Pratt reprising his role as Star-Lord and Zoe Saldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax, Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Benicio Del Toro as The Collector, and more. The only actor swap was for Groot, with Disney voice actor Fred Tatasciore taking on the role. To add to the sense of fun, the team at Walt Disney Imagineering also knew that music played a key role in the Guardians of the Galaxy films, so they created six versions of the attraction, each with its own onboard soundtrack featuring one of the songs from the movies, including I Want You Back by The Jackson 5, Give Up the Funk by Parliament, Burning Love by Elvis Presley, Free Ride by the Edgar Winter Group, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf, and Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar. To integrate it into the story, they placed Peter Quill's Walkman in his private office. At the end of the pre-show sequence, pay careful attention to the locked cabinet near the exit door. You'll see Rocket's hand stretch out, grab the Walkman, and take it with him. When the ride begins, you'll see Rocket's shadow plug the Walkman into the gantry audio system to play one of the six ride soundtracks. In the design of the Collector's Fortress, the Imagineers left countless easter eggs scattered throughout the lobby, the pre-show, the load area, and even the ride experience. For example, you can find Figment from Journey into Imagination at Epcot, Ultron from Avengers Age of Ultron, various Kree weapons, Atlantis artifacts, and a book about Dark Elves from Thor The Dark World in the Attractions Lobby. In the Collector's private office, you can find an invoice from XS Tech, and Thanks to Disneyland Foodies, by the way, for pointing this out to me. Books from the Hollywood Tower Hotel, Loki Shackles from Thor The Dark World, the animatronic remains of Tom Morrow from Inventions at Disneyland, 1955 Disneyland Maps, and like we mentioned earlier, Peter Quill's Walkman. In the load area, you can find the original Abominable Snowman from Matterhorn Bobsleds, a painting from the Hollywood Tower Hotel, and more. By the way, this literally just scratches the surface. There are dozens of Easter eggs scattered throughout the attraction. On May 25th, 2017, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout had its soft opening, with the official opening happening just two days later, which was three weeks after volume two debuted in theaters. Opening weekend, guests waited over five hours to ride the attraction, with some heading to social media to mention a seven hour wait. Despite some early doubts about the attraction, especially since some perceived it to be a simple re-theming of Tower of Terror, the ride ended up being a tremendous success for the parks. Skeptics were turned into advocates after riding the attraction, citing it as an improvement over California Adventure's version of Tower of Terror. More importantly, the attraction was a proving ground for what would inevitably be announced just a couple of years later. The development of avengers campus disney's first marvel themed land in the united states mission breakout would be the first of three major attractions to open in this new land and i of course will be sharing information about the other attractions and the land as a whole in future imagineer podcast episodes at this point i'd love to take you with me for a ride on this attraction Much like our last adventure in this episode, you'll find that wearing headphones or earbuds will provide the most realistic experience, especially since this audio was recorded with binaural 360 degree microphones. With that, I encourage you to pull up your favorite armchair and enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout.
1: Hi, my Alex, the smart one. Listen up. He's gonna put you on a gantry lift for your tour. I'm gonna sneak on top of your lift and take us all the way to the big old generator control room. I'm gonna blast that thing and destroy all the control systems, which will open up every cage in this freak show and free my friends. Our buddy Mantis is in the getaway ship waiting for my signal, and then we'll be on our merry way. <laughs> unless you help. I don't have
0: clearance.
1: My hands don't scare. Yours do. If you raise your hands, I get the clearance and the chaos begins. <laughs> clearance okay. It's the Yes!
0: And with that, we close out episode 77 of the Imagineer podcast and our final episode of Marvelous May 2020. I, of course, want to turn the conversation over to you to see how you enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout and where it ranks in your favorite list of attractions, either at Disney California Adventure Park or at any of the Disney parks around the world. You can send me your feedback, as always, in many different ways. You can either reach out to me on social media in a direct message or post about it and tag me in a post or in a story on facebook or instagram at imagineer podcast you can also reach out to me on twitter at imagineer news and you can even follow me on TikTok and linkedin at imagineer podcast and i would encourage you to join our facebook group the imagination also called the imagineer podcast disney fan community where you can converse not just with me but with other members of the Imagineer Podcast community about this topic and all other things Disney. So if you go ahead and request access there, I will accept you into the group as soon as I see that notification come through. You can also send me an email at imaginarypodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com in case you would like to reach out to me directly that way. And if you don't already subscribe to the show i would encourage you to hit that subscribe or follow button whether you're listening to the show in apple podcasts spotify stitcher podbean google podcast or any other podcast app of course hitting the subscribe button ensures you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available and one of the best things you could do for the show is one simple thing just to go ahead and share it share out your favorite episode whether it's this episode or any other episode of the show share our posts on social media whether you share it out on facebook instagram twitter talk about the show with your friends and family or share the podcast in any other way it does so very much to help this community continue to grow and i want to thank those of you who continue to leave us ratings and reviews In the Apple Podcast Store, we still have over 300 reviews in the Apple Podcast Store, actually about 350 at this point. And that's thanks to all of you who continue to rate and review the show and leave us some positive feedback, which lets others know that the Imagineer Podcast is a place they can go to learn more about all things Disney. And I certainly hope you've been enjoying listening to the show as well. If you would like to take your love of Imagineer Podcast to the next level, definitely look into the Imagineer Society, which you can learn more about by going to patreon.com slash imagineer podcast essentially you go to help support the show financially and in return get exclusive perks and rewards and that literally is just as little as a dollar a month which is only 12 dollars a year you still get perks and rewards of course the more you donate the more perks and rewards you get in return things like early access to every podcast episode access to my podcast notes bonus podcast episodes access to a private facebook group access to my close friends list on instagram monthly video calls exclusive q a's and much more you can learn all the details and see what's currently available by going to patreon.com slash imagineer podcast i've also announced on social media but haven't yet announced it formally here on imagineer podcast that i have a new product available if you have been enjoying these podcast episodes and find them to be informative and entertaining i definitely encourage you to check out a new product i have called imagineer tours you can learn more about that by going to imagineertours.com think of it as a premium podcast experience essentially i provide an audio walking tour of a particular spot in one of the disney parks the first tour i wrote is of main street usa at the magic kingdom at walt disney world to give you an idea of the production value and the information you can expect it is a two hour tour and in most cases these podcast episodes as you all know range from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. I, on average, spend about four to eight hours uh, editing, recording, writing, producing each one of these podcast episodes. Imagine Your Tours, Main Street USA, took me over a hundred hours to write, record, edit, produce, etc. cetera. Um, it's really, truly a, a premium podcast experience. is really the only way I can describe it. And the great part about it is it's an experience that can be enjoyed either virtually at home or on the go, or even from the gates of the park, because it is designed to literally walk you from one spot of Main Street USA to the next, loaded with information and so much detail, fun stories, sad stories, happy stories, a lot of information about Main Street USA at Walt Disney World. There are currently a few ways you can listen. So first, I talked about Imagineer Society. If you are a member of Imagineer Society, contributing $15 or more to the show every month, you get to stream Imagineer tours included with your membership as long as you're a member. The other way to listen is to buy it outright, just through a direct download. It's a one-time purchase price. You can download the premium podcast and uh, right there, get to listen to it on any device. You get an MP3, can take it with you, listen on repeat as often as you would like. And on July 1st, I will be releasing a free version, um, or I should call it an ad-supported version, where you can listen to Imagine Your Tours, Main Street USA for free with advertisements over on any podcast app and you'll see that populate in the whichever podcast app you're using to listen to imagine your podcast on july 1st i will announce on social media if anything changes to that date but there you go there are the three ways to listen and again you can learn more by going to imagineertours.com as always i also want to give a special shout out to our partners First, The Kingdom Insider. As always, Christy provides a lot of incredible information. I love her journalism, ethics, and skills, and she just provides so many amazing uh, pieces of information and news and a lot of great travel advice about how to not only make the most of your vacations at the Disney parks, but even how to bring the magic of Disney into your own home. So you can follow The Kingdom Insider on any social media platform or simply go to thekingdominsider.com to follow along with Christie's Adventures and her entire team. You can also check out Academy Travel. The next time you're ready to visit Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Aulani, Adventures by Disney, or any other Disney destination around the world, definitely head to Academy Travel and Mickey Vacations by Academy Travel because they have been helping families to plan their vacations for over 25 years and they are actually recognized by Disney as Diamond Earmarked, which is the highest level of distinction that Disney bestows upon travel agencies. They're one of the top three agencies, in fact, the number one travel agency when it comes to Disney vacations. The easiest way to get a free quote, no obligation by the way, is to head to the links in the podcast description. Of this episode, there's one for each part of the Disney parks: Walt Disney World, or Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line, etc. If you click on that link, it'll take you directly to a form that you just fill out. It's real quick, and then they will send back some more information about how they can help to not only plan the best Disney vacation for you, but also save you a little bit of money in the process. That's at no additional cost to you, and again, no obligation. So head to Academy Travel. Mickey Vacations by Academy Travel and click on any of the links in the podcast description to let them know that Imagineer Podcast sent you and again, they can provide you with a uh, free quote, no obligation about your next Disney vacation. And last, but certainly not least, and most importantly, I hope you are doing everything you possibly can to go after your hopes and dreams. There's no doubting that we are living in some very different times right now and the world is always changing around us, but right now changing faster than ever uh, before but you know more than we can even imagine and that doesn't mean that we have to stop and reevaluate it just means we need to adjust and to get to the point of a new normal you can still go after your goals and dreams whatever they might be. All you have to do is put in the time and the effort stay positive and optimistic and see the opportunity every single op- every single thing that happens in this world, leads to opportunity. Find those opportunities and go after them. As always, go after your dreams and goals. And remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons. If you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast.
1: Here you go. Oh, I was just kidding about the leg. I just need these two things. What? No, I I thought it'd be funny. Wasn't funny? No, wait, what did he look like hopping around? I had to transfer him 30,000 units. I have a plan. I have a plan. Since you're yammering, and relieve us from this arcs we can find them. Yeah, I'll have to agree with the walking thesaurus on that one. Do not ever call me a thesaurus. It's just a metaphor, dude. His people are completely literal. Metaphors are going to go over his head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy.